everyone, and welcome to the Popcorn Bucket List, the podcast that keeps your movie bucket list up to date because those thousand movies to see before you die lists are just too daunting. I'm your host and Knight of Ren, Gracie, and with me is Darth Daryl, the Dark Lord of the Sith, and blaster-slinging bounty hunter, Sarah. And today we have a special guest with us, Ewok Ambassador, Caitlin. <laughs> How are you guys today? Doing good. good. May the good. fourth be with you. Woo. Yeah. So yes. if you haven't gathered, I think our uh, theme today is pretty obvious, probably by the title and at that opening uh we will like to say that there is a warning this episode contains spoilers for all the star wars films including rogue one and solo so if you don't want star wars ruined for you maybe not the best episode to listen to but also they've been out for a while so i don't know if you haven't seen them by now it's kind of shame on you yeah, kind of your fault. <laughs> on you at we're just this gonna, point. Yeah, we're just going to blame yeah. our audience real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but they should be on your bucket list. Okay, okay, I digress. I'm going to pass it over to Daryl now and because he's going to take the lead on this one. Um, and honestly, I couldn't think of anybody else to have as the lead and as our guest because these two are both, when I met them, I think we gushed about Star Wars for ages. So uh, Daryl, why don't you take it away? All right, cool. So yeah, today we're going to discuss uh, what is probably not going to be controversial at all. Not uh, at Star all. Wars movies, you know, never controversial. <laughs> no one's mm-hmm. ever had a problem with them ever. And, it's, and, you know, it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, since 1977, George Lucas's masterwork has been a fixture in pop culture, becoming the second highest grossing franchise of all time. Uh, second only to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which makes sense. It has 23 films. So of course, it's a little bit more than the uh, 11 that Star Wars has so far. But just because the box office loves these films doesn't mean that audiences and fans love all of them. There's like a huge divide in the Star Wars fandom and it's been there for decades. Like some only prefer the original films, some love the newer ones, and some only like the ones made by George Lucas. Um, So basically Star Wars has changed a lot over its 44 year history. And uh, every fan has a different idea of what you know, is and isn't really a Star Wars-y film or what Star Wars is even supposed to be. So instead of talking about like the best or the worst film, we decided that today we're gonna ask this big kind of interesting question. What is the most Star Wars-y Star Wars film? And by that, I kind of mean like, what is the film that best encapsulates what Star Wars actually is? Um, so for this, we all chose different movies in different eras, and we're mostly gonna go in the order in which the movies were released. Um, and we're only talking about the theatrically released films. So you won't find like Clone Wars or Ewok movies here. Um, not even the though, Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, definitely not the Christmas special because we know that's the most Star Wars thing. We just can't, we can't talk about it. It's too much. It's too much <laughs> for this one. Um, maybe for, for another episode. Um, but so <laughs> to start this one off, when we kind of saw what we all picked, I thought this was really interesting. So this is the question we're going to start with is why did nobody choose a movie from the original trilogy? <laughs> Not a single one of you chose it. And so for the uninitiated, the original trilogy consists of the first three movies in the series. That's A New Hope from 1977, Empire Strikes Back from 1980, Return of the Jedi from 1983, and uh, the story of Luke Skywalker's journey from farm boy to savior of the galaxy. So, you know, classic hero's journey type stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah, guys, what's the deal? Um, I'm going to start with Grace. So I, I actually like that you 
wrote about the class oak hero's journey so <laughs> i wrote a paper in college <laughs> <laughs> and we're already talking, already about... <laughs> talking about thesis no this was not a thesis this was i was taking a um a bible as literature class it was a very mm. riveting riveting guys um but it was about i wrote a essay about how moses and jesus run parallel uh, and in fiction as well they run parallel as the same as the hero archetype so you could line up their stories you could go jesus moses luke skywalker harry potter so on and so forth like you just keep going down this list of you know born in bad place actually the hero of the story you know like they're like is told he needs to do this thing by some you know magical being and you can go on and on and on and they all follow the same uh what's the word i'm looking for timeline i guess uh yeah, or kind of the same like they, they hit the same the same points. boxes really, and really. and and whether you, you know, obviously, whether you're talking about Hagrid saying, oh, you're a wizard or Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, you know, you're the son of a great Jedi and you are to bring balance to the force. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I think that that's why those films do so well is because it's the classic hero's journey of, you know, becoming the hero and fighting evil and kind of fighting against yourself and the bad part of yourself which I love about Luke's journey um which is we'll talk about that later but <laughs> I I don't know I just to me it was the original trilogy is its own grandeur and that it's makes Star Wars and you almost can't say it's the Star Warsiest stars wars because <laughs> they were cheesy because they were made in the 70s and 80s you know like it wasn't you know it wasn't like they chose to be cheesy they were making a serious film or they wanted to be a serious film and people were hating it like you know when they were making it uh, you know alec guinness was like I don't want to be here. Like I'm a great actor and this is awful. <laughs> and I, and I'm in the middle of the desert and, you know, and, and, and it was, it wasn't a great film till years later. And I mean, it was because of the fandom creation that was behind it. And also it's just like, that was like, I grew up with that to me. They're not cheesy because they're great films in mm -hmm. my own way. And maybe it's because I grew up with them. They weren't something that I went actively like, like that was a poop joke in a star wars film you know like <laughs> not in the original trilogies but we'll get to that one later but you know or like just silly moments of like you know taking the villain and just slamming him onto the ground you know those type of moments to me it wasn't cheesy because it was great okay yeah so uh, let's see, Caitlin, tell me why why you didn't choose one from the original trilogy. So honestly, whenever you told me that no one picked something from the original trilogy, like I, the Star Wars fan of me was like a little sad because <laughs> like Grace, like I grew up with Star Wars. Like I literally don't remember a time when Star Wars wasn't a part of my life. My dad watched it and then like even my mom and my sister and like my cousins and stuff. So I felt kind of bad, but for me at the end of the day, it all came down to the question of technology, which is part of my like reasoning for the film I picked. Um, because 
you know, Star Wars was ahead of its time. We all know that, you know, like ILM became what it was because, you know, they were always inventing new tech because what existed then didn't allow George to do what he wanted to do. And as much as he was able to like create and invent for the original trilogy, it just never got where it needed to be. And so um, I guess that's why I didn't want to pick anything from the original trilogy because it didn't represent the whole, like a holistic picture of George's real vision. Cause you know, whatever he was like thinking mm-hmm. up here didn't quite come out because like the, the latter trilogy looked so different. Yeah. So yeah. that's like mainly my reason. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair point. <laughs> it definitely, I mean, the special, the special editions show mm-hmm. us that he was never satisfied uh, with his original films, but I mean, we, Talk about special editions another time. That's a whole another thing. Uh, so, Sarah, why didn't you pick a movie from the original trilogy? Explain. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, my reasoning's like the opposite. Um, so, a lot of the movies that I saw growing up are because of my parents, and my parents loved the original trilogy when they saw them. But when my mom took little six-year-old Sarah to see the Phantom Menace in 1999 I guess she hated it because (laughs) I never watched another Star Wars film again until high school like I never remember watching Star Wars when I was younger like I guess my mom must have hated that movie so much that she was just like oh well that's that (laughs) that's it and we just watched other things instead like I knew people that were into Star Wars and I remember being in like junior high and thinking I was kind of cool for not liking Star Wars because everybody loves Star Wars and I'd never even seen them but then my hipster my, Sarah's had right? her time <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend made me watch the first movie in like 11th grade like like yeah and I was like okay yeah I get it this is pretty good like I like this this is fun you know okay but I guess like because I didn't like grow up with that and I didn't like feel that that definitely not the prequels never really felt very Star Wars to me and like I learned to love the original trilogy for what it is and like I love the characters so much and a lot of that but like I picked the movie I picked out of the sequel trilogy because just seeing it on the big screen, being a part of it, and just out of all of them, that one, I feel like fitting everything that I feel like I've gotten from Star Wars since mm-hmm. becoming a fan. So you saw Phantom Menace in theater? Apparently, yeah. I don't remember <laughs> oh, okay. it because I was like six. <laughs> that is so cool. But my I mom told you me say that. that I did, and I was like, Oh, She's like, I remember yeah, I seeing you and I was like, yeah. oh, I remember seeing Revenge of the Sith in theaters. I'm mm. like, my, my dad took me out of school. We like traveled to like another movie theater so that none of my teachers saw me. Like, <laughs> I, I just remember it being like a whole thing, you know, like, you know, because I was playing hooky to go see Star Wars with my dad and my mom. And uh, and that's maybe that's why that one stands out to me, really. But like, I still remember when little grace who never understood the plot of star wars until she was a lot older i remember when i looked at my dad i went oh so that's who the emperor is and i'm like <laughs> i figured it out before the movies revealed it and I, and I just remember being like so proud of myself and that being like such an aha moment for little gracie you know 
<laughs> and uh, I feel like that's a really integral part of my uh, sleuthing skills was <laughs> that moment. But uh, Caitlin, what was the first one you saw in theaters? Just side, I just want to know. Yeah, so like if I had to, I don't know, honestly, if I saw Phantom Menace or Attack in theaters. I don't remember. I have to like maybe ask my parents. They would have been the ones who took me. But I do remember going to see Revenge of the Sith went to the midnight premiere um i miss those i like some i know oh, i swear don't don't get me started um the, i went with some friends who like knew someone at the theater so they like let us in early we went and sat down and uh, wow. the movie started like it played for a couple minutes it was great and then all of a sudden you saw like a little burn hole the film burned out <laughs> it was oh my hard. god we waited for like a couple of hours probably it was great like these two guys had those you know those when the lightsabers first came out with like the the glass rods yeah. and they were like mm-hmm. horribly dangerous but they did like a fake fight and <laughs> entertain us until the movie started again but like That's great oh it was the worst and best experience so memorable <laughs> mm-hmm. i have a newspaper clipping from it because i'm that kind of nerd but no i love it. i'm pretty sure i still have my revenge of the Sith ticket you know because i used to collect movie tickets um now they don't even give them to you because of covid <laughs> oh yeah oh you're right i, make... I didn't get one oh, when no. i went to the last movie i was yeah, sad yeah i was like super excited that. to get a movie ticket and they were like rip throw it away and i was like <laughs> <laughs> but all right sorry to derail i just was wondering daryl do you remember the first star wars movie yeah because mine was uh mine was phantom menace 3d that was actually the first one I saw in theaters. I had never Whoa. seen any of the other ones because I wasn't a big Star Wars fan until I was in like seventh or eighth grade, I think. Um, basically, it was thanks to the Lego Star Wars games. Uh, those got me super into yeah. Star Wars. That's how I remembered all the characters on uh, Sarah's shirt there, which <laughs> she asked yeah. me earlier what they were. I named all of them because of course <laughs> I did. Because Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, is one of the greatest games of all time. Fight me on this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Phantom Menace 3D in like 2012 or something was the first I love one it. I saw. Oh. It I remember when they were doing experience. a re-release of all the series and theaters right before Disney bought it. Mm-hmm. And they released one and then Disney bought it and they were like, never Yeah, they mind. never finished it. They never got yeah. to Disney. <laughs> oh. yeah. And I remember I went and re-saw oh, Phantom Menace and I was like super excited to see the pod race. Yeah, and, that was cool know. in 3D. That was yeah. fun. I think the closest um, I got to any of the older ones was I saw the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra did A New Hope. Ooh. So they played oh. the whole movie and they did the orchestra in front. That I've only cool. done that for Wizard of Oz and I would love to That's see a cool. Star Wars one. That would it be was, really cool. It was fun. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that for any movie because I always thought those were cool. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like why I didn't pick one from the original trilogy, it's because I don't think any of those films are accurate to what Star Wars is anymore. Like like from 1983 to 1998 that is what star wars was because that's all that existed (laughs) you had these three movies you had a few books occasionally and that was it and then a little movie called phantom menace came out and it changed everything and all of a sudden like okay star wars is really weird now and nobody likes it anymore (laughs) so i just felt that like it was hard to pick one from the original trilogy because it just didn't feel it's like those movies are great they're awesome i love them so much empire is my favorite but it's like that's not that's what star wars was it isn't that anymore and i think a lot of people really want it to be that and that's fair but it's just not that anymore and it hasn't been that way since 1999 so they're more like a moment in time really than 
anything else. Like yeah. I feel like those those three movies are just like in their own little like dimensional rift where it's like it's a feeling. You go there and you have this it's feeling. nostalgia. Yeah, but you can't you can't really bring it back into the modern age unless you're directly copying one of the movies, Sea Force mm -hmm. Awakens for an example. Um but yeah, that's kind of the reason why I didn't pick uh any of the original trilogy films. But interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I just find that I find it so interesting that none of us did and they're all for like interestingly personal reasons. I didn't expect that. So Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's just that's fascinating to me. So uh, since we're not talking about the original trilogy at all anymore, apparently. That's it. Hope you've seen them. All right, guys. Bye. That's it. I hope you like those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's. We're gonna go ahead and move on to the next section. So our uh, our first pick for the most Star Warsy Star Wars film uh, comes from the prequel trilogy. Uh, this trilogy consists of The Phantom Menace from 1999, Attack the Clones from 2002, and Revenge of the Sith from 2005. And they tell the story of Anakin Skywalker, who is Luke Skywalker's father, as he gradually falls to the dark side and it culminates in him becoming Darth Vader. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Wow, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so, uh, Caitlin, this is, you're up now. Tell us about your, your pick for the most Star Wars-y Star Wars film and why. <sighs> Yeah, before y'all <laughs> judge me, because I know it's coming, say whatever you want. I picked The Phantom Menace. Um, I'm also that person who likes freaking Return of the Jedi the best out of the original trilogy, so everyone can just hate me for all my Star Wars opinions. But I did. I picked The Phantom Menace for just, like, so many reasons, um, and I didn't even realize how many there were until, like, I sat down this weekend, and I was like, okay, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to say? And um, I just realized like my list was like annoyingly long and I was like wow so I guess just to kind of run down some of the like you know main things obviously expansion of the lore that we all came to know and love dearly to obsessive levels um we got our lightsabers back but they're better this time because of you know advances in special effects um, and also the choreography was a little different because movies had changed so much. It actually, so was we choreography. Got it wasn't you know, just like, pew, 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 let's go. <laughs> right. Um, so like, that was really great. Just to like, see them in action, like being these like epic warriors that we always like knew they were in the original trilogy, but you just like, couldn't see that because, you know, it just didn't exist for the time. Um, you got an iconic villain. I mean, Darth Maul, not only in like appearance, there it goes. <laughs> um, not only in appearance, <laughs> but you know, like he looks super cool. And then like just what they end up doing with him and a lot of like the later properties, you know, with Clone Wars and stuff, it just built so much on the universe in such a fun way. And you know, without Phantom Menace, we wouldn't have had those components to tell those stories. Uh, great music because if you know, you don't know, John Williams composed music for star wars and it's just some of the best cinematic scores like you could the parade ever to music is great i agree i think she's making more duel of the fates and then no 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 that's fine i get it it's the parade puts on duel of the fates for fun in the car no i agree i agree duel of the fates no i'm joking yeah I mean, honestly, though, to your point, Grace, like, 
I can't really point out any Star Wars music that I, I don't like. It all has like right. its own character and its own like personality. So like, you know, anyway, but yeah, like Duel of the Fates, just like the, from the choir to like the music and the scene it's paired with, it just like, and like the emotion and like the nervousness that you feel watching this whole scene, because like, you know, watching the, having watched certain parts of the like original trilogy going into watching the new trilogy you know that some people don't make it out or for some reason like you don't see them again and so like it's always kind of this thought of like you know where is this character going are they going to be here the whole time anyway so just like adding to the emotion of the moment was really great and you know like if you guys have ever seen people like making um parodies of the song online because you know with a choir you can make up all the words you want and it's great um taco (laughs) Yes, and it's so good, and it's fun. Um, but yeah, and then like, if you just want to talk about groundbreaking visual effects, like George is like, I want to do this scene where a bunch of people are invading in a meadow, and they're like, George, this stuff doesn't exist. We can't do it, and it's like it doesn't matter. They found a way. They're like, you know, creating tech to make things happen. You know, as the movies being made and so it's just amazing the things that they accomplished that set the stage for like everything we watch now you know we wouldn't have what we have now without ILM doing all and I to say ILM that's like they essentially found the company yeah yeah, that was pioneering visual effects and technology for film that is the foundation for most of what you see in big budget they still are they still are pioneering like they I mean with Mandalorian they're still like I mean They've done away with just visual effects. They're doing LED now screens. You know, like we don't need a set. We could just film on a green screen and it looks like we're in the middle. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's industrial lights and magic for those of you who aren't familiar. Yeah. I think (laughs) it, I agree with you though. Like the technology is so, cause like even like you go Jar Jar Banks and people groan, but that character, like like, it was, computer generated and it was it was just really cool because like without him we wouldn't have had the leaps that we get now in like I mean like my film that I pick out like I pick it because of the technology they use and I think that's what Star Wars is so great is it's always pushing technology to force it to keep going and even like the originals it it's like oh let's invent holograms you know and I remember watching like the 2016 election and they like had a hologram in like I don't remember what it was it was like you know Obama giving a speech and a hologram and they were like talking about how Star Wars and it was supposed to be Princess Leia and like he they invented things in film that have become reality now and I think that's really cool sorry didn't mean to take over no I'm all about like I yeah it's it's just mind-boggling. It is like once you just start listing all the ways it's impacted so many like industries, it's crazy. Um, what was, oh yeah, and then like so building on like the idea of having a great villain, we get introduced to Qui Gon and young Obi Wan. You know, like all these other great characters who like Maul end up you know being in all these other properties in addition to Obi Wan being in the OG movies. So like that's great. You get the setup of like. Darth Vader you know like that's the the depth that that added to the series and like talking about like 
who, well, who a character is, where they come from and why they become who they are. Like he's not, he's no longer this, um, you know, just this villain who, you know, kills people and does what he does. There's like this whole story behind who he is. And like, we get to see him as a young boy and you create this like emotional attachment to him that you feel at the end of, you know, Return of the Jedi because of, you know, just what happens with him reconciling with Luke. But it just gives you that extra depth to- It creates that more arc feeling for the original right yeah um and then back to what i was saying earlier about like we keep talking about technology it just george had such a big vision for like what this was supposed to be and he was just way ahead of his time you know when the original trilogy came out and so fast forward you know a few decades and suddenly there's all this technology that he's pioneering that lets him do a lot of the things that he wanted to do and so you have to think that on some level, the newer trilogy represents a more accurate depiction of like what was in his head. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun. And then you also deal with like, you know, Star Wars as watching the original trilogy, like there's this magic of discovery of like, there's this thing called science fiction. And we're like, it's a lot of things, you know, back then. And then just like, it's magic without the magic, I guess. So it's just really fun to experience and to be a part of. And I think is why, like, a lot of us love Star Wars so much. There's, like, that inexplicable quality that just draws you to it. There's no And then, of limits. course, you know, setting this. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, like, it is what you can imagine, whether it's behind the scenes or, like, what's on camera. It, there's, like, no limits there. Um, and then setting the stage for, like, I was saying, like, Clone Wars and stuff. We get characters like Ahsoka, who, you know, I just, like, love so much. And, you know, without the exploration that happens with young Anakin and young Obi-Wan and all those stories, like, where did, you know, she doesn't exist. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of a cool, that's kind of an interesting point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that's kind of cool because it's like, yeah, without, because, I mean, you, of course you could say, like, without the original three films, you're not going to have anything else, right? But it's like, right. the original three films was, like, complete. It was done. But then Phantom Menace allows for so much more to happen after that. You can just expand so much. Like, really, without that, we don't have anything else. Like, that is the genesis of so many great stories you've had since. So mm-hmm. that's kinda, that is interesting. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, that's my very annoying one list. I just like pod racing. <laughs> and I just, like, I, I watched, rewatched it this time, like, actually, like, watching it. And I had a lot of fun. Cause like obviously there people excuse my language they shit on it so much because they like they add things like midichlorians and they they try and explain things that maybe we didn't need yes but also they you know they give us these characters and then they give us they set the stage for what i think is interesting i was watching it obi-wan and how he is as a character like those choices in the very first film lead all the way to how he is in the, you know, a new hope and how he reacts to things. And I think that it's really cool. You don't get to watch a character grow as an arc over 30 years and through time, you know what I mean? Like, I I think that's why I, I, he's my favorite character because I've always, well, one, Ewan McGregor's is wonderful but like I think it's it was cool to watch because in I was joking I was like well he's the fighter he's 
arrogant he goes in head first like he's mm-hmm. the one you can definitely like tell and then as soon as he's given responsibility he um levels out and it's like he becomes even tone when he has to face tragedy and he literally loses everything. If you, I mean, his story is so tragic because he loses not only his, you know, mentor, but he loses his family. Like, I mean, the Jedi order, all his family and friends, and he loses his brother. It's a, it's this like Greek tragedy for this character who tends to be kind of sidelined in plot because he tends to be what motivates, like he kind of threads the story through in her own way. He's the explorer. He finds out why things are the way they are and kind of gets I don't know. I feel like he's an interesting character to me. Yeah, I've never really thought of his story as being as tragic as as it is because like I mean even when you if you like, you know, not to harp on Clone Wars, but if you watch Clone Wars, there's even more stuff before that oh, yeah. that happens to him that's horrible and he does he is he's just like such a tragic character that makes me sad for him. Yeah. For everyone. <laughs> Yep, and I just like Phantom Menace because it's goofy. I think that's the other thing is, is it like, I mean, there are poop jokes and there are, I mean, yeah, there are racial connotations that definitely don't hold up, but like, <laughs> you know, it, it, I don't know. It's just the lines are iconic. And like, I, I mean, I can quote probably the first 15 minutes of the movie like going back and forth with someone if someone were to do it with yeah. me. Like, and <laughs> I just, how I, I it gives you some great scenes like the pod racing scenes a big one um yeah. i think the uh scenes on naboo like it gives you naboo which is like something you never really have seen before because they you only really get like tattooing space yeah. and sand and space sand and space and some <laughs> there's forest. like a sense of scale yes yeah and i mm-hmm. think that's what i love about the new films is that we see more of the universe and i and i love that there's no like anything from the sequel trilogy where you know we're on this like weird ice planet with sand and it's red and you know like and it's got this cool like look i just think that it that's why star wars is the way it is is it doesn't take um no for an answer i guess i think also to your point grace about like the first one being funny I think a lot of the thing, like as a science fiction fan, right? Like we watch things like Firefly and there are a lot of series out there that know how to not take themselves too seriously, but deliver poignant messages. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of modern science fiction has lost that because it's either very dark and serious Mm -hmm. or like it just, it's all action and, you know, pizzazz. There's no, yeah, there's no goofiness to it. And I think in the originals, they weren't meant to be goofy. They've become goofy over time and I feel like the prequels were I don't know if they were intentionally goofy or if they were there because it was a dark theme but like I feel like the sequel trilogy has these like really great goofy moments and it's like oh this is what science fiction is supposed to be you know like it has like the moments of levity and the moments of darkness yeah, I mean, Star Wars is for, sorry. it's for kids. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, good, like, good. that was the whole point of George Lucas making this series was that it's for kids. He made it for kids. <laughs> so it's like, if Star Wars takes itself too seriously, then it's not really fun. It's not Star Wars anymore. It has to be, even when it can be tragic, it has to be able to, to be able to make fun of itself and be light uh, occasionally. So, I mean, it 
that is something that the prequel trilogy does have. It doesn't work for everybody, obviously, but it does have that. It is first and foremost a series of kids' films. I don't know yeah. if it knows that. There's way too many politics. <laughs> I mean, well, you, actually, you yeah, should know about are... trade negotiations. That's the thing. Do you not know about every, everyone's favorite thing, trade <laughs> negotiations? In first grade, it's what we went over. You know, yeah. ABC, <laughs> blockades. Blockades. <laughs> occupation. You know, <laughs> legalities of the Senate versus, you know. <laughs> Our people are starving because we can't get any food. Yeah, yeah democracy versus, you know. right. My allegiance to the public. <laughs> public democracy. <laughs> but yeah, that's I, what the prequels gave us: memes. That is, yeah, yes. that is literally that is literally on my list of reasons why. Like I picked my movies because of the memes. Oh, yes. It is the memes. So on on that note, Daryl, what movie did you pick? Because I well, know you picked in the. Yeah. On that note, we're still in the prequel trilogy. That's right. We're going going two two for two on this one. Um, Revenge of the Sith. That is the movie that, for me, is the most Star Wars-y Star Wars film. And there are a few reasons why. One is that, personally, it's one of my favorites. I've always liked it a lot because it is, like, the darkest of the three films. Um, but it's more because it has a couple of things. One is a prime example of, like, the messiness of this franchise, which is what Star Wars is. Star Wars is super messy. <laughs> it doesn't make, like... Like, plot-wise, it makes sense, but in terms of, like, kind of as we just discussed, like, tone-wise, it can be all over the place. In terms of quality, it is all over the place, but that's kind of the charm to Star Wars is that it's not a perfect franchise. You know, it's kind of, it's not like the MCU where everything is planned out from the beginning to the end. Ten it's years literally, in advance. Yeah, yeah it's literally like <laughs> George Lucas, like, told J.J. Abrams as he was directing Force Awakens, like, just so you know... You know, I just kind of made it up as I went along, so feel free to do <laughs> Which that. Which makes so much <laughs> sense for that trilogy. Yeah, it's like, have fun. Because, I mean, in episode in episode four, he didn't know that Darth Vader was going to be Luke's dad. In episode five, he didn't know that Luke and Leia were going to be uh, twins. That's why they kissed in that one scene in episode five. He wasn't he wasn't planning on doing that. He was like, you know what? They should be they should be siblings. And he yeah. just sits there <laughs> and he's cool. like, that would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Like that would be dope. Be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, it's it's just it's very messy. It's one of those movies that is. As a Star Wars film, a good, any super Star Warsy Star Wars film should be surrounded by, should be hey, lots of good stuff surrounded by lots of bad stuff. <laughs> so like good stuff. The opening scene of Vendor Stiff is awesome. I love it. I think that just like the op literally the opening shot of just like that camera panning down on that giant Star Destroyer over Coruscant as there's this huge battle going on. We're following these two, you know, Jedi Starfighters down into battle and it's just like, pew, 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 explosions everywhere. That's awesome. Um, here's a bad thing. The acting sucks, of course. Mainly Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen there. I'm sorry, y'all don't got any chemistry. What can I say? Um, the production design is cool. Um, the dialogue is bad. So as you can see, it's kind of a sandwiching kind of thing. You mean uh, you Wendy don't like Palpatine the line? You don't like the line, my powers have doubled since the last time we met, Count? Yeah, Great. of course. Twice the pride, double, double the, the fall. It's a perfect line. <laughs> and only Christopher Lee could pull that off. Exactly. <laughs> only an old man who's definitely doing all of his own stunts in this movie. He is definitely flipping around oh, like that. Yeah. I love I mean, him. He's so great. Saves 
too. Uh, yeah, we're not talking does, about Attack of the Clones, but he clones. saves Attack of the Clones. <laughs> but, oh. but yeah, it's like that's the thing. Like all the pretty much all the fight scenes, except for like the Grievous Nobi one scene, are great. Grievous Nobi so, one's a little is a little nope, weird. Nope, it's great. I the don't only, know what you're the talking best part about. about. It is that it has. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. General Another meme. Kenobi. <laughs> Kenobi. Um, I love Grievous. I don't care what I mean, anybody. I love Grievous too. I, I love him too. Grievous. Like I have, I just got a General Grievous action figure like a couple of months ago, and I was super excited because he's like, he's a big robot spider. He's he's, he's so a cool. robot spider with a disability, like with <laughs> asthma. You know, like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like he he's um, awesome. He gets underused in this movie, which is I mean that's so one of the underused. things that sucks about it is that Dooku and Grievous are both underused. Mm -hmm. Um, but like Yoda versus Darth Sidious is really cool. Anakin versus Obi Wan is really cool. Oh, John Williams' music is literally on fire at the end of the film <laughs> because <laughs> Anakin is on fire at the end of the film. <laughs> it's so amazing. Obi Wan Kenobi, just just magnificent as always. You and McGregor, you're doing great. Um, well, you can tell he loves the film. You, yeah, you can like, tell he loves and he grew up on it. Yeah, it, I, I always mean, appreciate that too. When the <laughs> actor's like, "I love this." Oh yeah, Let's definitely. Commit. I love. And it he when still they love does. Star Wars. I think that's the other thing that's really cool is he still loves Star Wars. Like he's still in interviews today, and he's like showing how he can do his like you know lightsaber yeah. tricks and stuff like that and he's making the noises and he's just having a lot of fun unlike harrison ford who's like do not talk to me yeah, about please stop, asking. Please stop asking <laughs> i told you i've done other films <laughs> it's like please kill me in this movie why please. do you let me live <laughs> But yeah, I they mean, still like made him go into the movies. They still brought him back. He still can't just Why? die. <laughs> There's no peace for this man. But yeah, Revenge of gives us lots of fun stuff. Order sixty six is great. I love watching Palpatine laugh. He's it's he's I love Palpatine. <laughs> so character. Have y'all ever talked about this on the podcast, Daryl? Your Emperor laugh? No, we haven't talked about. Oh, uh, you have to do it. My, it's like a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I randomly just do like a <laughs> kind of just like Emperor. I don't know that probably sounds really stupid. I'm sorry whoever just listened to that. So for, for the oh, for so the listeners, good. and you're very good at it. Also, what's the other one you? Oh, the, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> do it. See, it's like again, the memes from this movie are just premium. It's wonderful. It's not the Jedi way. <laughs> do it. <laughs> like no okay. like, that's it okay it's like Fine. that's a good enough reason for me to behead this man <laughs> you're the boss i guess <laughs> see it's like and i can i i love that i can laugh about this movie i love this movie it makes me laugh it's not supposed to, but it makes no, me laugh. No, it's a really it's dark so, movie. It's, it's super probably dark. the darkest movie of it is. them because it never really has a <laughs> light scene there's no romance that's like not tragic there's yeah. like there's always Everyone this dies. Like, cloud of <laughs> yeah it's not a light movie at all yeah anakin literally is like i'm gonna go kill some kids real quick and then it's <laughs> like oh that was real quick he, cha he changed his mind super fast yeah. <laughs> killing younglings <laughs> i think it's one of the funnest movies to like i hate to use this phrase but to like to hate watch oh like, no i agree i know yeah. 
Y'all have done that at the y'all used to y'all done at the office once, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Watch. I know oh, yeah. I we watched yeah, the prequels, yeah, yeah, at the office, and we were like having so much fun, just like tearing them to shreds. Yeah, like, it's one of those ones with like a beer and like a group of friends you can watch it's and just great. like you're appreciating the film, but you're ripping it. You're like, yeah, or you're like- yelling the lines back and forth at each other, which is how me and my husband did it. This, you know, this weekend we were watching Revenge of the Sith and we were both like shouting Anakin and Ewan McGregor's like lines back and forth. The week of, you are the chosen one. <laughs> Our poor dog was so traumatized. <laughs> and that's kind of like what you're supposed to do with these movies. It's like, you know, you got bad acting, bad dialogue. Anakin just fall into the dark side randomly, Palpatine yeah. killing three Jedi in one leap, basically, wasted yeah. villains. She like, got all what? sorts of problems, but Were it's like... Were they even, like, good Jedi? Like, why did Mace Windu bring They're those guys? They're on the Jedi Council. Yeah, like, like, he was like, let me bring the most powerful yeah. Jedi I know, slaughtered in three hits. <laughs> It's like, like the wow. interns. Yeah, I know like, you weren't exactly. expecting this guy to do like a like a 960 degree flip and kill you, but still, but still, like, be a little more prepared. Y'all fought Count Dooku at least a couple times, but they, um, they have moments like that, and then there are moments where like when you're watching Anakin and Obi Wan fight on Mustafar, and you're going wow like their choreographer really thought about them as characters for this yeah because i was like laughing i was like why are they kicking so much and then i realized i was like oh it's probably because that's how obi-wan fights and that's how he taught anakin to fight and then i realized wow if you watch like i know they have the scene where they do the same flourish and they you know go Mm -hmm. to force push but like if you watch all the choreography you can tell that it's like fighting the same person like you're fighting someone you taught and it was so well thought out and then you watch you know something else and you're like i don't know though the the yoda and uh palpatine scene is cool because i think it it's just beautiful to look at i think the senate room yeah the senate is awesome fighting there and the the music there just great yeah (laughs) i remember the reaction in the theater whenever like yoda walks in and he just like flicks his wrist and those two dudes are like, like everybody was yeah. like oh my god yeah. yeah so good and i think that's what's cool is like they can have moments like it's a serious it's a dark serious movie but yoda can flick his wrist and just bash two guys heads in and it'd be no issue you know yeah. like whatever <laughs> And then, like, two minutes ago, Anakin slaughtering a bunch of children, you know? Like, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, just, like, zero to 100, back to zero really, really quickly. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, that's the thing, is that Star Wars is kind of schizophrenic in that regard. It just kind of goes back and forth in terms of tone and what is actually supposed to be happening. And I think that's very inherent to the series. So, I don't know. I always, I always thought that was interesting. But, like... The other main thing about this movie is that really it's a culmination of like Lucas's filmmaking journey and that it feels like it's the most Star Wars because it's the one that feels like the true ending, but also it feels like the beginning of like the cycle because when the tagline for the movie was like the circle is now complete because that was something that, uh, you know, uh, Vader said back in episode four. So, you know, you watch four, five, and six, and you're like, okay, oh, well, now I, I need to watch one, two, and master. three. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was and trying to remember watch... the line. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So then you watch one, two, and three, and you're like, cool, I just saw the beginning. Well, now we're back at four again. Watch it four, never five, ends. And six. Yeah, it's just, it's literally just a circle that keeps going on and on and on. And that's the reason why Revenge of Sith just feels like it is super Star Wars y, because 
it allows you to continue watching this circle, this story about Anakin and Luke, these Skywalkers, and this constant cycle of, you know, love, pain, uh, betrayal, redemption, just over and over and over again. And it's wonderful. I think that that's so cool that, you know, at the time, back in 2005, that was the last movie. They weren't doing anymore. It just fit. This was the ending. This was, like... Episode three was not how Lucas exactly envisioned the ending, of course, but, you know, the idea of um, Vader getting his limbs chopped off no. on a volcano planet was like the one thing that he was like, we're definitely going to do. And he, he ends up doing it. It's like the one thing that he carries over through, you know, 30 years of filmmaking is like, yeah, I'm going to cut his limbs off on a lava planet. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just feels, yeah, it just, so it feels very Lucasy in that, in that he carries over one like cool thing <laughs> out of all the weird stuff he's done he does one more cool thing at the end and i don't know i just think i just think that that's what makes it work for me plus it's like unlike some of the other the newer films it's like i guess because we've we've had it's a we've had a whole trilogy of weird movies in that regard like all the all the weird things like all the bad acting and all the bad dialogue you're used to by the time you get to episode three so it doesn't bother me because at that point I'm like, yeah, that's just part of the thing. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, a little film called episode nine where you get to the end and it feels very confusing because things feel like they've changed a lot since the last film. Um, so yeah, I mean, that movie just works for me in general. Return Re Revenge of Sith just works for me weirdly. Like, it's weird to say that because there's so many better Star Wars movies than Revenge of the Sith, but that one just works for me as the Star Warsiest of them all. Um, I will, to to your point, Daryl, about Revenge of the Sith. I will say one thing about I know the acting in that movie is is what it is, um, but like there's if you talk about like lines and deliveries from a movie that you just like feel in your bones. Whenever Anakin yells, "I hate you," uh -huh. oh, chills. That I is, like that is then, perfect. <laughs> oh, but you and McGregor's delivery of "You were my brother, brother Anakin, Anakin, I, I love, love you. you." I still <laughs> sob. Like I'm still like he did. He loved you. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Oh, like it's so, amazing see what i mean those it's like moments yeah yeah you get those yeah. like just just juicy moments out of so many weird things that happen in this movie <laughs> and in this whole franchise you get just excellent moments like that where you're just like yes this is this is exactly how it should be so yeah i know unpopular opinion revenge of the sith but still <laughs> it, it it works for me all right, so now we're going to leave the prequel trilogy forever, and we're going to talk about the sequel trilogy. So in 2012, Disney bought the rights to Star Wars, so every film after 2012 doesn't have any direct involvement from George Lucas. So if you're wondering why you haven't heard of George Lucas uh, pretty much at all since 2012, that's the reason why. Um, so these movies are The Force Awakens from 2015, The Last Jedi from 2017, and The Rise of Skywalker from 2019. And these movies take place 30 years after Return of the Jedi. So, yeah, these are the last three films in the Skywalker saga. And they tell the story of Rey, a scavenger-turned-Jedi who must save the galaxy from the evil First Order, which is basically like the Empire, but more like Nazis than the Empire actually originally was. Um, but yeah, again, classic hero's journey stuff. So, Sarah, tell us about your sequel trilogy pick. All right, so 
I picked for my most Star Warsy Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, 2017. And um, I have quite a few reasons for this. Uh, I think it hits a lot of different Star Wars uh, themes that are like really important to the franchise as a whole. And I think just like the feel of what makes a Star Wars movie a Star Wars movie. Um, I love the balance in this movie from like dark and light like this movie is so gray like the protagonist ray that you're following like you really don't know where she stands in this movie like she kind of teeters on that edge and like you know even luke says that he sees like so much darkness in her and hasn't seen that since kylo and like even like her and kylo's like um relationship and like how they are able to like connect through the force like that is just like this weird strange bond that like shouldn't be between like the dark and the light and like I just thought it brought so much balance that I feel like a lot of the others tend to be either like very it's like this part of the movie is really dark and this part of the movie is really like about all the good guys and the happiness and stuff and it's like this one I feel like you really like we're wondering what Ray was going to do and wondering what Kylo was going to do and what side they were going to pick and what was going to happen. And another thing that I feel like he did with that was that I feel like Ryan Johnson was trying to do something that needs to be done with Star Wars and that's out with the old. Like he was trying to be like, bye Luke, bye Han, bye everybody. Like Uh it's time to shoo all of those characters out and start this anew. And like Kylo even says that he's like, leave it behind or whatever. Leave it behind. Yeah. Yeah. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great line. (laughs) It's so good. You mean you don't like that you're a nobody, but not to me. Yeah, that's like, I mean, everybody wants to hear that every single day. It's like, oh, yes, that is, yes, that, that's, that's hot. <laughs> that's a great line. Like, that scene with Ray, like, trying to find out who her parents were and just, like. Oh, the mirror only, scene? Yeah, and yeah. only, like, oh. seeing herself and just, like, that answer of, like, that it's just you. It's nobody. And then even, like, at the very, very end of the film, Broom Boy that, like, comes out and just, like. Just that little bit of force and you're like, oh boy. Like, it's just, it's so exciting. And like, you want to like feel it. Like it's just throughout the galaxy. Just like anyone can have it and it can be anywhere. And like, yeah, the force Mm. was just something like so exciting and beautiful and new in this film. And like one of my favorite scenes does two things really great. So it's when Luke has Ray sit on the rock and he's like, close your eyes and reach out and she like physically reaches out and he like tickles her with the grass and she's like oh, i feel it i feel it and he's like, and she's like oh you meant you know like i love like that was that was fun stupid humor but not like over the top like that i love that little like funny scene but then it's just like followed by like the most beautiful description of the force and ray's like he's like what do you see and she says life death and decay that feeds new life warmth cold peace violence a force mm-hmm. like it's such a good description a good definition like it's just yeah. everywhere and like like i don't know i just never like felt 
the force like that or what like it really meant like it kind of got rid of all of that like metachlorian stuff but also just made it something so much more than just like what she said it's a power that the jedis have and he's like wow everything you said in that sentence is wrong but like it's a lot of people do just kind of feel like that's what the force is it's like oh Uh i have the force i can use this lightsaber i have the force i can choke this guy like it just made it something so much more beautiful and i love those lines that he used with that um I also thought that this movie is probably one of the more romantic movies out of all of them. Like the connection that Kylo and Rey have, like, even though it's not, I guess, what you would normally call like romantic, like there's no kissing, there's like, you know, between Han and Leia or Luke and Leia or whatever, or even we're not going to talk about nine, but like, <laughs> yeah, the tension and like the feeling and like, it is there is a lot of romance there and you are waiting for something to happen and you are waiting for like that connection and you can tell that they both want it but like you also can tell that they both want the other person to come to their side and Mm -hmm. they don't quite know how to do it like but they they want to feel something there between the two of them it's the chemistry we wanted out of anakin and yes so much chemistry that's what aggravates me is we get so much romance out of Anakin and Padme and they have no chemistry whatsoever <laughs> the characters or the actors like it's on both levels like mm-hmm. yeah it is <laughs> and then you get Kylo and Ray, and you're like oh my god like now kiss like you know like please like they oh, and you get like this moment of them like touching hands and you're like oh <laughs> you know like you're having this moment of like oh my god this is so cool and then, you know, you realize it's both of them want their way and neither of them want to give up their way. I like mm-hmm. that. That yeah. adds to their own tension in its own way. And then, of course, while all of this like sequel stuff is going on and like they've kind of pushed George Lucas aside, a lot of people are like, forget about the prequels. We hate those. That's why we got rid of George. We want something new. We want something that feels like the original trilogy again. We want something like we want to remake those, but prettier because we have the CGI to do it. And like through all of that, Ryan Johnson was still like, no, because I'm going to bring him up because he just has that like line that Luke says about like, you know, oh, it was a Jedi master who was responsible for the creation of Darth Vader. And like, he brings up Darth Sidious and like, he's talking about like the empire and he like brings up the prequel Mm -hmm. trilogy when like, I feel like Disney was kind of like, don't talk about those. We don't need to talk about those. (laughs) Like nobody liked those. That's why we're doing this now. Like that's why George (laughs) isn't involved anymore. But like, he was like, no, 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 no. That's important. And we're talking about it. (laughs) So it's it's a little nod. Yeah. 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 You can't like say, oh, this isn't, a part of it anymore you, you know like and like i thought it was interesting how much they brought up darth vader mm-hmm. in this series like oh you're the next darth vader and i'm like but does mm-hmm. like why would you want him to be the next darth vader yeah he turned like- against palpatine <laughs> like in my mind i'm like that doesn't like that makes no sense but also i'm like oh they're saying like he's as great as darth or as bad as darth vader was like he's as notorious he's as you know and I think Kylo is interesting because he feels like a flawed villain. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I like Kylo is that he, one, I love the temper tantrums. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things about him. Um, but like, I also just really like the idea that like he, there is a physical pull between him. Like you can feel the tension 
on himself being pulled from the light and the dark and like, you know, betraying his family. And, and I like that you could feel that and not like, it's not just a scene that like, you know, George Lucas was like, oh, by the way, you know, Darth Vader is good now, you know, like he's going to be the one, like he actually brings balance to the force that like, you know, 60 years later, that kind of thing, you know, it, it's not an afterthought. Yeah, you really do see like a lot of that pain in Kylo when like he thinks mm-hmm. he's about to actually murder his mother, like mm-hmm. because like that was so much harder for him than Han. Yeah, you know, it's and, not... like. Sorry, go ahead, Sarah. Hold on. Oh no, I was I was done with that. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say I think it's really refreshing because you don't often get to see a villain struggle with their villainy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. I was like, that's really cool. That's like something's going on here that's very interesting. And so it was kind of like a just a refreshing take on. The it was also state cool because he idolized Darth Vader. Yeah, he's like not it, only struggling with not being like dark enough, but he's also struggling with not being as good as Darth Vader. Like, yeah, he's, he's trying to be the best villain he can be, but he also doesn't know if he's actually like fully on the dark side because he has all of these other mm-hmm. like mixed feelings of light in him still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I, I'm glad that you picked this movie, Sarah, because. Same. Because, I mean, as we've discussed before, this is validation for The Last Jedi being the best of the sequel trilogy. I just, hands down, it's the best. Go yeah. ahead, fight me. See if yeah, I can. I'm fight you. No, okay. I, <laughs> I retract my statement. So before, <laughs> when we were discussing this topic, I was making fun of Sarah because I was like, that one's like the worst one. And it's because I melded the last two together and realized that all the good stuff that I like, what I thought I liked out of the last one was actually in this one. I forgive you. <laughs> Okay, thank yes, you. I, I, re- I really well. asked for forgiveness because <laughs> while I was watching it, I was like, oh, I thought this was in the last movie, you know, but it was also because I only saw them. I think I only saw them once when they were in theaters. So I, I was really glad to get like a refresh. I like, yeah. I felt weird picking this one too, because I have like a lot of friends that are very into star wars and have been for years and years and years and like we all went and saw this movie together and they hated it like and they're wrong they are wrong <laughs> and i'm like yeah what like they i have so many people that were so mad about what ryan johnson did to this and i'm like no he was doing something so good and he i wish right he could have kept doing it because nine is a pardon my friend shit show no i will agree with you i have never sat in a movie theater and thought like i am not enjoying this like i can feel these directors having a fight fighting screen (laughs) this is a cat fight this is a billion dollar cat fight turn it off (laughs) and it kills me because like there was so much controversy with um like the new cast like we got like these great actors in this new cast and then they're super underutilized in the first one force awakens Mm -hmm. and then you get this one and they're so well developed and you get Mm -hmm. this character rose who i think is brilliant because i think she's so interesting she shows the side of like oh this person was killed in this battle like there are consequences to that it's not just Mm -hmm. some nobody and also i just love Mm -hmm that she is a nobody and she comes, you know, from nothing. And, um, you know, it, it, it's heartbreaking. And then she's the poor actress is literally like torn to shreds. And then in, like, after like the movie comes out and then they write her off 
they give her like one line in the next movie. And what they should have done is given her like, like she should have been the one that saved the universe. Like it, it, this whole point of star Wars is to kind of shove it in your face, you know, like, like it was fan servicey, I guess nine was. And that's why I didn't feel fan servicey last Jedi. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The last Jedi is definitely a much more, I mean, I love the last Jedi because I actually do not think it's the most Star Warsy Star Wars film. I think it's kind of the opposite, and I think that's the reason why it's great <laughs> because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like they're trying. It doesn't feel like Ryan Johnson was like desperately trying to make a Star Wars film. He was just trying to make a good movie. He yeah. was like, I want to make a good movie with these characters. It doesn't have to be like a million callbacks to every single thing that happened in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. He was like, No, I'm going to tell you the story of how this character realizes that she's not from an important lineage she's just a person and she has to make a difference and in that's this okay yeah it's like you don't have to be you don't have to be a skywalker you don't have to be a palpatine you don't have to be a kenobi you don't have to be from like the royal family to be important that's what this movie yeah. was about and then they walked it back in Nick, the next mm-hmm. movie yeah. almost immediately <laughs> and like but what with you like with what you said with the uh prequels like how when the phantom menace came out it like changed everything about star wars and so Mm -hmm. like that means that the original trilogy doesn't really mean what a star wars film is anymore like star wars still has so far to go because they're not going to drop it so i feel like this is what a star wars film needs to be i agree because they need to start telling new stories It definitely and needs they need to be to more. Start our audio you know. listeners, Caitlin was fist bumping. <laughs> I'm so psyched that you said so that's that. That's why it's I the most Star Warsy because that's this is where we need to go. Yeah, love that. I love. I'm like, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it film. Like, it, oh, I was talking to Matt about the. Uh, sorry, Grace. No, it's okay. Uh, about the uh, the the whole scene on crate with like the the ice planet the with ice the salt and sand the, like, yeah i just i love how salt. brilliant that is to where like that is such a cool fight because it looks so gory but it's not like, yeah. it's not a fun way oh, to keep it pg-13 but it just looks like the moment kylo like, goes is... through luke uh, and he, you see the red underneath his feet so and you're violent. like oh my god but it's, but it's salt. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i love that workaround but it's it like oh it is so bloody and so gory and so gross but it's salt like it's fine yeah, yeah. Like, and i then, love like, it even just like the animal like i love because i watched like a little bit about like the ice fox things that like oh, i don't man. remember if we got names for them eventually the crystal yeah there's critters. there's a species Crit- name yeah they just it. call them crystal critters but yeah, i love they do have a name yeah i just love the design of those because i can feel them like it, it feels mm-hmm. like i could have pet them on screen because they were yeah. so visually beautiful and and they fit with that planet that was another thing is i you know sometimes you look at a creature and you're like okay that doesn't make any sense for this planet like you know why There's would an this ecosystem that yeah and and it, it, it's also yeah. cool because they had a meaning like they had a reason to be there yeah there was a plot point for them for <laughs> them yeah like oh they escape oh that's how the fox get out that's how we get out yeah nice. i'm yeah. glad these are useful aliens and even like the back... porks oh sorry oh <laughs> the porks are great stupid animals <laughs> but even the porks like fit too because they were like actual puffins oh my god to like hide yeah (laughs) oh my god and well some new cute creature puffins are like so the island that they filmed that scene on is in ireland 
and mm -hmm. there are puffins in Ireland, like on yeah. that coast of Ireland. Yeah, they literally That's made them they so that they could just CGI them in front of us so <laughs> they didn't see puffins everywhere. <laughs> like, oh my God. And and they're they're perfect because they're stupid and they have the stupid moments in that. Like the scene where Chewy is about to eat one. <laughs> And, and he's like quivering his lip. It doesn't feel forced. Like it doesn't go, oh my God, we're getting, you know, like it's a silly moment, you know? Mm. It feels supernatural to have those silly moments. Like there's a moment where Snoke, oh, when he's doing the like phone call thing, where he, oh, yeah. he yes, when Poe's doing the phone call <laughs> the thing call. in the beginning, the prank call, like, hello, I'm waiting for General Hux, you know, that kind of yeah. moment. And then he's like, I'll take it in my chamber when it's Snoke and he just appears. <laughs> I don't know why it was just, it's such a great moment because it humanizes the villain. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make him like until they destroy him in the next movie, in which just under i'm so mad about that so i'm so mad, mad about that i he's love such Hux. a great character hux uh, is such uh, a great character was, yeah he's and he awesome. goes from being literally like hitler in the first <laughs> one a force awakens to being thrown around by snoke like you know like freaking like with loki <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and then you they ruin him in the last one and i just think it's great because it feels like two kids fighting over the force first order once you get rid of snoke it's mm -hmm. like it feels super genuine like these two characters would fight over who's in control yeah. fighting over their inheritance yeah mm -hmm. oh i just i i forgot how much i did enjoy that movie and I'm, i want to thank you sarah for forcing me to watch it you're so welcome. thank you there you go see <laughs> see how good that's how good the last jedi is it's like yes you just have to be you know what i gotta go watch that movie again that's actually Definitely. what i want to do right now is go watch mm -hmm. it again because i love it so much and it's just yeah, everything about it just works it's yeah. great and it like... gave us some of the best art i mean oh, talking yeah. about the red planet sorry i can't gesture properly but oh, yeah. like the buckets you know the red art with the white oh yeah it's so my oh, i love the yeah. artwork for that one i mean that that film is gorgeous it has like mm. It oh is God, really, nice. really, really pretty. And yeah. the casino Speaking is really of, cool. Yeah, the casino is really cool. One and of my it favorite feels like moments. Vegas. It mm. does. <laughs> One of my favorite moments, the uh, the Haldo maneuver. Oh, like, that oh, shit was yes. the coolest thing that yeah, I thought was the last one. Like and seeing that in theater when it just goes completely. It was just silent, it was incredible. And it's just like and you're like, oh frick, that's cool. Mm. Like that was <laughs> Yeah, it redeems that is what character. I want my Star Wars to look like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, and and like, it's so funny because they make that character, and it kills me because I love Laura Dern, and like the conversation between Carrie Fisher and Laura Dern of them like her like thanking her for you know training her to be who she is. It almost felt like them having a conversation as actresses, because like if mm. you didn't get Carrie Fisher, you wouldn't have had Laura Dern in you know, Jurassic Park, it wouldn't have been mm -hmm. the same like power, yeah. you know, yeah. woman, you know, woman eats man, you know, women inherit <laughs> the earth, you know? And so it was this cool moment on the screen and I hated her. I hated the character <laughs> because, you know, she's fighting against our, you know, main guy, Poe. And, and you're like, oh, why she got purple hair? Like, this is stupid. You know, <laughs> the whole thing's stupid. And then she does this moment and suddenly she's the coolest character in the entire film. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go out her. in a blaze of glory. Yeah. <laughs> it was rad. It looked good. It was great. Like, what a sacrifice. And I actually really liked her character design. I thought it, I mean, it was a little out there, but like, I no, thought it yeah. was cool. 
it makes sense for neat. the world that we're in. I like the purple hair. No, yeah. yeah, and it makes sense for the world that we're in. I think it was because we hadn't seen it yet. Like it yeah. wasn't like something that she was had very been different from, I guess, the rest of the resistance. You're right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why I have this like very like vision. Obviously, of, like, I like the purple hair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm really glad you picked this one because this was I'm 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 glad yeah. to have revisited it. So. so yeah, in in conclusion, I feel like it's kind of bringing it tried to bring Star Wars in the direction that it needs to go while still hitting all of the great points of Star Wars while being funny, having a great message with the Force, having a great message about hope, like being a very dark and kind of desperate movie but never really dwelling on that and dwelling on a lot of hope and like ray finding that in the strangest of places like when luke's like nah i'm not gonna come and help you she's like fine then i'm gonna turn kylo to the light side because that's the only way that we can do this like just i feel like really just hit a lot of those things and so yeah that's why that was my pick well yeah that i think that's a good that's a good pick i think that yeah, that's how Star Wars should be from now on. That's that's not gonna happen. I can't read that, Caitlin. <laughs> Sarah for president because I love all the movies that she made. Like, yeah, everybody hates that movie so much, and I I don't get it. So I'm yeah, I'm super. Oh, it said Sarah for president. Guys, you should have been there. So when I thought this movie was a blend of the bad stuff that I was thinking about, we had a cat fight over. We had a huge cat fight because I was like, I don't want to watch this because I had just come off of watching my pick and then your guys's pick. And I was like, okay, I got to watch Sarah's because I've only seen it once. And I called her to make sure it was the right one because I I didn't want to spend two hours watching the wrong movie. And then we spent like, probably, yep, that one. We spent 30 minutes arguing over it. And then this morning after when I finished it, because I watched half of it yesterday and half of it this morning, I texted her and Matt and I was like, I'm sorry, you guys are right. Like I retracted my statement. <laughs> so You're yeah. Forgiven. Oh, I'm glad I'm forgiven. <laughs> I'm glad I made you watch it again so that it could be redeemed in your mind. Because then it reminded me of all the porgs and I just was so happy about porgs. I'm glad we have a whole a whole screen full of people who love The Last Jedi. It's an interesting that's how it should be. (laughs) Everyone on the internet may hate three of us for our choices, but Grace, you will redeem us hopefully with yours. Yeah. So our last pick comes from the anthology series. Now, this is just a series of standalone films. They don't really have much to do with the Skywalker saga. They're just kind of little in-between stories take place between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. So that's 2016's Rogue One and 2018's Solo. Um, So yeah, they're not super, super important to the overall story, but they're really fun to watch. So go watch them anyway. Why not? So, Grace, what is your pick for the most Star Warsy Star Wars film from the anthology series? Oh, it kills me that you say they're not integral because <laughs> I picked Rogue One because it's the most integral film because it bridges the gap between new and old. And uh, Rogue One is probably my favorite Star Wars film to come out since probably Revenge of the Sith. Um, I just... I didn't have any issues with it. I left it and I was excited about the callbacks that I got. You know, I didn't feel like it was forced. I felt like, I felt like she was 
the right character for this uh what's her name Jin or so I felt like she was a great you know character to follow because she kind of tells us well why do we care you know is Jin Mm -hmm. on your is Jin on your shirt she is indeed (laughs) I just one shirt on today (laughs) I think it's a I, I believe it's a beautifully cast film like I think it's the only film that I don't have issues with the cast I think some I just I like the guy that plays Cassian I like the bad guy uh Ben Ben Mendelsohn Mendelsohn yeah who I just is so great in this film because he he's like Hux and Kylo Ren together like he just (laughs) wants to be the bad guy and no one lets him be the bad guy, yeah. <laughs> even though. And <laughs> and I just I feel like it's a she's a character that goes, oh, war has nothing to do with me. It's torn me apart. I don't care. I don't. And she kind of goes, well, n- well, why you should care? And like it kind of tells you where the world has gone since the prequels and how it gets to, you know, the original trilogy. And the other reason I really like it is that it looks like a perfect blend between the old and the new. I think that was like the big problem with people had about the prequels. And it was that it like went from, you know, stars on a blank screen to, you know, this like CGI crazy computer generated world. And I think that Rogue One does a perfect blend of like making it look old and yet, you know, it's got, um, what's her name? Uh, actress, Daryl. Which actress? Uh, there are a lot. <laughs> Jen, Jen, the main oh, one. Felicity Jones. Felicity, Felicity Jones, Felicity? thank you. Felicity I, I kept co- yeah, I kept coming up with the, the other actress that was big of the same year as her. Um, Alicia Vikander was the word name. Who I kept not coming. in this movie. Not in know. that movie at all. But um and I love Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. I love him. I love watching him act. And I think he's just a pleasure to watch in all things. Um, and, uh, but yeah, no, I just, I, the other big thing, and, and we talked about it with Phantom Menace was the technology. And I know you guys are going to probably go like, oh my God, Grace, why are you talking about this? But I absolutely loved when Tarkin came on screen. Yeah, I did too. I don't <laughs> care what anybody else says. And like watching it now, I'm like, okay. But like it came out in 2016. Imagine if it came out now. Like it would have looked 10 times better now. Like because they made this leap, obviously like I'm really interested on like the laws behind it and copyright because I think it's an interesting um way of like oh well do you own the rights to like someone's face for you know it it leads a whole opening kind of thing but um okay so he looked a little you know video gamey but I love it I think it was a great callback it was a great character to bring I love Tarkin as a character he's one of my favorite villains don't know why I just that's I've always loved him and um I feel like it's pushing technology again. And like, that's what I liked about Rogue One is that it was a callback to the old and you get like the like binoculars that have like, you know, like the binary code on the bottom and it's like, 
cute. And you get all the like, you know, starships with like the old technology on them. And it just, it felt like what we were supposed to get out of the sequel trilogy, that nostalgia feeling, which they do in some moments. Like, I think they do it really well in Last Jedi. Are you getting the, la- like the nostalgia correct? But I feel like it doesn't dwell on that. I feel like uh, the sequel tries to go, okay, this happened. You know, this is a new series. This is a new, you know, technology, that kind of thing. Whereas Rogue One perfectly, for those who have not seen it, and without giving too much away, I guess. Um, I mean, one, you've We're gone spoiling. too far. You could talk yeah, about you're how much spoiling it. Yeah. Yeah. We're here now. We gave it, an it, alert. It goes on, <laughs> It literally is like 24 hours before A New Hope starts. I, I, it is, it's, I'm sure a little bit more, but like, it's how the Death Star plans get to Princess Leia. And it's a story I never asked for and the only story I care about anymore. Like, I think it's, I loved them. I loved that they were helpless. Like, I love that they were characters that you had, you had to love by the end of the movie or it meant nothing. And I think he, Gareth Edwards does a great job going, hey, you're only going to know these guys for two hours and then you're never going to hear from them again. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make them any less important. And I think that it's such a beautiful moment because it, you know, it makes this little moment. And without those, that ro- that team, Rogue One, you wouldn't have A New Hope. You wouldn't have Princess Leia sending the plans with the R2 unit. You know, it, to me, it's the most integral one because it stems the whole original trilogy. And I get that the original trilogy exists before, but if you're looking at it as a circle of the story, I think it perfectly fits in that circle. And, and yeah. I, it doesn't, cause you has Darth Vader and it, oh, it has a great moment where he's like, you're choking on your aspirations director. The one and, joke he gets. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good. And it's, and it, and it, it allows it. Cause he's like, he's Darth Vader. Like that was like, I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out and people were pissed that Darth Vader crossed his arms in the last shot. When you see the Death Star getting built and it's like the Emperor and Darth Vader comes to stand next to him and he crosses his arms and people are like, Darth Vader wouldn't do that. That's not him. And I just remember people being so mad. <laughs> and like, I remember going, well, he's not Darth Vader yet. He's still Anakin. He's I've just become Darth that. Vader. It was huge. I didn't know that was Me ever either. a big deal. Damn. I always yeah. thought like that makes sense to me yeah i'd be like well all right here i am yeah i'm in this thing now (laughs) it it was like such an interesting thing because like now he's darth vader like this is 20 years past you know like this this is darth vader and you only get so many moments in the original trilogy of darth vader and that's what makes him such a good villain is you only get so much and this is just a nice little hint and I love that. I love like he's taking a bubble bath and to soothe the sores, <laughs> you know. And I, I just think it, it, he becomes like the lore that we want him to be in this film. And um, and director Krennic, one, it has a really great name. I think that's a great yeah. name. I love um, it. <laughs> and two, his cape. 
pisses me uh. off. And I know Daryl and Caitlin have heard me talk about this. Did no one on the costume set have an iron or a mister to steam his cape? Like, it always looks disheveled. And I don't know if that was a character choice, but it bothers me so bad. <laughs> It doesn't fit his character for it to be wrinkled all the it, time. It, yeah, it, it just like to me, like I'm like, okay, here it would make sense if it was wrinkled, but here I feel like he'd be trying to be like the bad guy with the perfect uniform, so he yeah. would have it steamed beforehand. You know, <laughs> like, oh, it just makes me so mad. But <laughs> I just think it, <laughs> but that is okay for Star Wars to do that. I think that like that's what makes Star Wars Star Wars is infuriating you over a character <laughs> you know that makes poop jokes and silly word jokes and or cape and being like a child like kicking and screaming about not getting the credit for the death star and then you know you go to have this moment of like oh we're destroying a planet like it's the moment yeah. you get because you don't get that moment with the death star you know you see princess leia's reaction and you see obi-wan's reaction to alderaan being destroyed right but you never feel it you know like you're like oh a thousand mm -hmm. souls have you know mm -hmm. whatever called out in despair and you see princess leia going oh my god like my family but you don't feel that moment and i think that gives you like the the moment when the death star just arrives yeah on scarif like at the end in the end uh, it's, it's so chills. it's just like heart-wrenching it's so scary and, and the to music me, oh the music <laughs> is so good i feel like it blends like old john williams with new john williams really well like mm -hmm. it, it blends the the score blends the two really well in its own way and it being its own way and it has silly characters i mean it has um you know, I am the one with the force and the force is with me. Um, Chirrut is his yeah, name. Chirrut. And um, and the actor is phenomenal. I mean, you get a blind Jedi, basically. Like, <laughs> how often that never happens is you getting something like that. And I mean, that's what he is. He's a blind Jedi. I mean, yeah, just about the lightsaber. <laughs> without the lightsaber. And then you got this, like, giant, like, Hulk guy who carries, like, 16,000 rounds of ammo on his back. <laughs> And he's just like stumbling around behind him. And it just has a great ensemble cast. And and you know me, I'm a sucker for ensemble cast. So I you haven't even mentioned K2. Yeah, I know. And that's like Alan Tudyk. Is like Alan Tudyk as K2 was I what they wanted so much. out of 3PO. You know, like I think that's like, they're like, <laughs> this is, him. oh, he's so good because he's so narcissistic. And he's so and I just, good. I just the sass his... level is great. Exactly. <laughs> and it almost kind of whips her into shape, you know, like, and it gives that moment when he dies at the end, it preps you like, oh, everybody's about to die. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh yeah, like that's how this movie ends. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful moment because droids never get that. Like we get it in solo, but not really because she becomes part of the ship. And so, uh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. L3. L3. You know, like, she doesn't really die. She becomes part of the ship. Mm. And then, but this is like, he sacrifices himself to save Cassie and his friend. And, and it's, it's, their relationship is so cool because it never seems 
quite meshed correctly. Like they always feel like they're fighting each other. And then once they're on the same team, it's like, oh, like that makes sense. <laughs> like this is why there's chemistry there. And there's like, you don't, there isn't any romantic chemistry on it, but you feel the chemistry between them. And I like that, that they didn't have to explore romance for it to like come off as uh, a moment of two people dying together and holding each other. And it also is a war film, which I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, this is a war film. It's shot like a World War II, D-Day, you know, fighting in the sand, fighting in the grit. It's shot like that, which is interesting because I don't like war movies. And I love this. I love how this feels because it's the perfect old nostalgia war film on Scarif, which is this planet which looks like Hawaii and, you know, it has all this blue and this gorgeous like colors and there's death and despair. I don't know. That's, that's why it's my pick and I can write off the Cape, but <laughs> yeah, no capes. No I think capes. to go like way to the very beginning of your point, when you were saying how like this film does nostalgia so well, it does. And I feel like it's because it like lives in that nostalgia where I feel like, the sequel trilogy, the places where it does that, it kind of like harps on that nostalgia and like shoves mm -hmm. it in your face. Like, hey, hey, remember this? Reading. Remember him? You want to see him again? Like, hey, like, because it just fits so well into that story because yeah, it's 24 hours before A New Hope. Like it's allowed to like play on that nostalgia, but it does it without rubbing it in your face which I feel like a lot of the other movies do worse even though they're not smashed up right next to it in the timeline yeah and yeah. you just like reminded me about like the moment where you get Darth Vader as like a villain because like mm -hmm. if you think about the originals you see him fighting Luke and that's really it you never see him like you see him force choke a couple generals but it's always like to like hey, you're being stupid, you know? Mm -hmm. You never see him slaughtering a bunch of innocent people. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting because you get that in this film, the scene where they're trying to get the plans from one ship to the next ship to get to Princess Leia and he's coming after them and he's like oh. using the force. He literally like lifts up this one guy and slices him as an afterthought. Like it's so, <laughs> it's villainous and I love that. And it, it, When that corridor lights up red, that oh. is yeah. like- Oh, it was chills. brutal again chills. it's like chills you chills. know and and then the music and the sound they have like the right whirring and the alarm sound like mm -hmm. wee, wee. it was you that know, was badass so good and like the acting in that scene of like being terrified like i like stuck in a corridor <laughs> trying to shove this usb stick which it looks more like a floppy disk now that i'm thinking about it like through the you know thing like take it take it you know <laughs> And oh, he's just so good in that. And I, I just love like the idea, like, I'll go get them. And it just fits perfectly of how he would have gotten to Princess Leia's ship. And I love the moment, the reveal with Princess Leia. I think I get mm -hmm. it. Okay. It looks a little, it's not as good as the Tarkin. I will give it yeah, that. Tarkin it's, is better. Tarkin yeah. looks great. And I think it's because the actor that they get to mold off of looks like Peter Cushing. Yeah. 
it, it, yeah. he he's he looks almost he's, exactly like peter christian yeah. i saw someone on reddit do leia's cgi better for that scene yeah so. and that's right. the thing that they I just didn't hurts. do what they needed to do with that <laughs> yeah and like and i feel bad for the actress who gets to play her because like she had to keep it a secret for like three years or whatever that she was princess leia but like oh it 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 looks like animatronic-y and, and, and that's for being the last shot, it could have been better. And I get that, but it's perfect. Like it looks like her and like, it's down to the eye makeup being the same, like in, when she's putting, you know, talking to R2-D2. And I love that you get like a call to R2-D2 and C-3PO at the very oh, end. Oh, man, I meant to talk about that on my movie when he replays the, <laughs> the, the oh, oh yeah. Kenobi, you're my only hope. That was like, like oh, that's a good callback, <laughs> right? what a movie. And I love Luke going, that's a low blow. Like that's a cheap <laughs> shot because yeah, it is. So it's good. such an R2-D2 move. Yeah. And, and I just, yeah, it's it, Rogue One to me is what Star Wars has always felt like for me. Mm. And I think that it perfectly, it's a new movie with new actors and new ideas and new, you know, technology, but I get the feel of the original trilogy, which is what you know, people are always seeking when they see a Star Wars film. And I think it's not fair to the new Star Wars films that people will always seek the the feeling of the old original ones. But to me, Rogue One, I think, is that perfect. It hits that sweet spot perfectly. Yeah, I agree. When me and my friend went to go see it, we got out of the theater and we said, now that's Star Wars. Like, that was our first thing that we said because it just, it felt, it definitely felt like watching one of the original movies it doesn't feel too it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard it just feels no. like a, it just feels like it fits yeah, and i guess and probably it, because it is like you know an in-between film and not it doesn't a main film. call back like to anybody either like the only like real like it's got darth vader it's got tarkin and then it has like names like you hear antilles you hear you know you see what's his name um Organa you see yeah, him Organa. and you're like oh this is the last time we see him like that's so heart-wrenching <laughs> you're like oh god he's about to go to Alderaan <laughs> like you know and and it was great to see him because he's only in the prequels so you get to have that blend of mm -hmm. prequels with the you know senator from the uh, old movies whatever Mon Mothma. Mon yeah Mon Mothma. Mm -hmm. and I just think it's cool to see them together and to see that like hey these it exists in the same time zone like we're like we're only 30 years apart you know or 20 years apart you know and um i think it makes that moment of like oh yeah it is only 20 years after revenge of the sith that or 19 i don't remember what it's supposed to be but yeah, it's, it's 19 like, yeah 19 years after revenge of the sith and it it's it's another one where it's like it does well with just telling a story in an hour and a half Mm -hmm. you know like i feel like it was a perfect story for it's not too long it's not you know i don't feel like it dwells on certain things you know i think uh forrest whitaker is definitely an interesting choice for that character uh saw Guerrera. yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say the wrong choice that's the only thing I don't <laughs> yeah like I, I will he doesn't I, will agree. I don't know what he's doing in that <laughs> i don't i don't get the voice thing i think it's cool that they bring another breathalyzer thing in there i don't yeah. know 
but like he only uses it sometimes yeah, just to like a like, little, little hit of air like i was like is it Delicious. a vape <laughs> like i don't know like maybe the like the dust is in it is the sand is it his lungs and he needs some clean air i don't know um and the voice choice is weird i don't i don't know yeah but it's weird i yeah i think that's probably my only issue aside from that in the cape <laughs> i think for me like this movie talking about or you know like what star wars originally was even though like at the end of the movie you pretty much like decide you want to rip my heart out of my chest because you've made me fall in love with these characters somehow that i didn't know over this just couple of hours but then at the end of it you leave with this feeling of just like hope and possibility is like such a big thing of of star wars if you think about like the ending of all like the movies where whether it's like you know luke and leia hope you know like them standing on the bridge at, yeah you know, in the original trilogy or if it's like the babies you know like luke getting brought to tatooine at the end of revenge you know there's like this huge theme of hope the kid with the broomstick um you actually get the bridge shot in the last jedi only because i just watched it they're like all of them are like standing like super you know oh hmm. you know like you get that like do 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 without the crazy music um but no yeah i agree it, it's a it's it's got that feeling of and they, they say hope what is it rebellions are built on hope yeah that's a line oh. that kills me because it's never used again in the series because <laughs> it, it it's true like that's yeah. i mean in last jedi they they talk about like oh we're the spark that spark lights that the, light the fire. fire that will burn the first order to the ground yeah, yeah like that's, that's a great line, line. <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't hit you the same way of like rebel like the way she's maybe it's the way she delivers it it's maybe positive it, and negative yeah there's a difference mm -hmm. and uh i i just i i don't know sarah what it what were your thoughts because like i remember when we saw solo you like tore it to shreds right you didn't like solo i didn't <laughs> I like solo really a fan no no um, i i like like i didn't hate solo aspects. i just didn't think it was like a good star wars movie but I uh, yeah know. it was just it really didn't keep my attention through a lot of it like i liked some of the characters and then it's forgettable and, i don't know it just it wasn't great but like i think the thing that you touched on that like hit me the most with that movie was like i think the first thing i thought after seeing that in theaters was like that was a war movie and that was really cool like i loved that that was a war movie because it's star wars like there should be a war movie and i thought it was like just shot that way and like yeah i loved i loved the characters oh and you get space battles too that are great yes. Yes. you know like yes. it's like prequels... so intimate and so big at the same time yeah it and... like the prequels do like a really good job at space battles and then you don't really get that again and then like the original does a really good at the, the espionage behind the rebellion and and this i think it combines the two of you get these moments of like oh well let's destroy the shield by crashing another one of their ships down into what does he call it the hammerhead <laughs> yeah, corvette the, the hammerhead. which i i have issues with the, the script because how do they know what a hammerhead is and also how do they know what a corvette is but maybe a corvette, hammers. <laughs> corvette is actually a special it's a is, type is of military corvette, ship. is it um, supposed to be a military ship because yeah, i was because like i just I finished know. watching the last ship don't judge me it's a corny okay. sci-fi show it's but fine. yeah they had corvettes and they were okay. it was like a um 
a navy thing and i was like that's okay i've never heard that okay i didn't even so know i think that. it is I like a military that. reference okay so sure, that makes sense but i just was like there are no hammerhead sharks in star trek unless you're gonna tell me there's a hammerhead shark in star trek and she but says star I'm- trek all I know about it. How many times did you just say Star, Star Trek? Trek? Dang it! I got through the whole thing. We have to do the whole thing again. We have to do the whole podcast again. Look what you've done. The your camera goes out. They just, it's just, it's it's all a wash. Just do it again. Just do it again. Guys, Grace has been talking about this Star Trek this whole time. <laughs> he actually meant Rathacon when she was yeah. talking about Rogue One. Oh my god. I'm so mad at myself. And you should leave that in there because I that's will. my punishment. That's my punishment. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so mad at myself. I made it through so close to the you end. You got so far, though. You got so far. It's fine. Okay, it's better fine. luck next time. There are no <laughs> hammerhead sharks in Star Wars. There are hammers there are in Star Wars. <laughs> Goomba fish. Maybe there's hammerhead aliens. You don't yeah. know. You don't know. Actually, I think there is the like the yeah, I was like, the hammerheads. yeah. Okay, okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> They're like, yeah, let's make fun of that species. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad right now. Uh, but all right. Uh, I mean, that's. I know that covers all the films we picked. Daryl, did you have any other questions for us? Uh, my main question is just like, how do you think Star Wars is going to change going forward? Just what what do you think is going to happen in the future? So I guess I'll start with let's start with Sarah. Okay. Um. All right. So I feel like they've got a good thing going with these TV shows. I feel like they're going to keep bringing in familiar faces with those. You know, like they're doing the I love Mandalorian. I know y'all have y'all's opinions about it, but they're doing the whole <laughs> Boba Fett thing with that, and then they're doing Obi Wan. Um. And so I think they're probably going to keep like the familiar faces to the tv shows because those can be as long or as short as they need to be and i hope that if they plan on doing another series that it is a completely new series i hope it's not episode 10 like i hope it's it's just something else i hope it's not skywalker i hope it's like keeps with the themes and the message that star wars is but bring something completely new and like they could do anything like they have so much time and space to do they could start over at like early jedi stuff i mean the video game is so good and you could do a video like you could do a video game movie call back to last week's episode you know (laughs) (laughs) you know i i sorry i didn't mean to take over i got excited yeah it could (laughs) I feel like it could go a lot of places and I think it, it just all kind of depends on who's, who gets their hands on it. Um, yeah. I mean, I've heard back and forth that Ryan Johnson's trilogy is and isn't happening and it keeps going yes and no and yes and no. And the latest I heard like two months ago, it was happening. Surprise. Give the so, man I don't his know. movies. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. It'd be really rad and I'm here for it but we'll see okay uh, yeah i kind of agree in that i i really hope ryan johnson gets to do his stuff what, do you, what about you caitlin what do you think february 17th it's still happening <gasps> what as of according to gadgets.ndtv.com oh as of february 17th yeah like, it's, it's still happening out of february no, 17th. No, no 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 it's just still happening <laughs> <That was> fast. <laughs> yeah but, caitlin what do you think sorry <laughs> um i like 
have such conflicting opinions about this answer, right? So for those of you all don't know, I have like a background in marketing and advertising. That's kind of where my like education comes from. And so, you know, like that side of me knows that because of this Disney property, I don't hate Disney for anyone who thinks that's what I'm saying here. I love Disney. They make great stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about like what turns a dollar, like what makes money. And so, yeah. And so like, that's obviously what's going to drive it, which right now is these TV shows for sure. Like Sarah said, um, well, they also just do opened my... a park. Like, yeah, there's you can't that. just open a park and then not have any more property, you know? Right. You have to keep the, lo- yeah, like you keep have to it keep it relevant fans. Yep. And so I do have my issues with certain aspects of the Mandalorian. Um, the star Wars fan in me loves it no matter what, but you know, I, whatever. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think we're divided two and two here on it's Mandalorian. so divided. My, yeah, my phone really? when my phone rings, it's the Mandalorian theme song. <laughs> I mean, that theme song is really? great. I love that. Yeah, I love the good. Mandalorian. Yeah. I think it's I perfect. Love that show. I think it's I think, a. Perfect... I love John Favreau, and I love that show. <laughs> Dang, I could talk. I could talk about the Mandalorian, and it's not <laughs> a whole other episode. And yeah, as I say, we'd have yeah. to do an episode just talking about tv shows that probably could have just been a movie but that they're better as an episodic film because i I think that's why i love mandalorian so much is it works perfectly as episodic like episodic storytelling um Mm -hmm. i think oh it's so good i'm sorry caitlin I just I can't agree with you. You're, I think no, it's so you're good. good. I open the I open the can of worms. <laughs> no, I Daryl opened the you can got of some worms. Rogu fans in here. Yeah. Questions for y'all people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I but, just want to see what you think. I think unfortunately because of the money question, I do think we're gonna get a lot more like I also love the Avengers, don't get me wrong. You know, like some of the new Star Wars movies are like Avengers style movies, which is not what I like about Star Wars, but I, I think that's probably that's where movies are generally trending. So that's what we're going to see a lot of is more of those like high action, you know, lots going on type things. Mm-hmm. What I would like to see happen is some more like The Last Jedi stuff. I would love to see that. Um, I'm really psyched about Bad Batch and, you know, like seeing some more animated stuff. I think that's really exciting. They've Dave Filoni has like, you know, knocked out the park with those properties. So always looking forward to seeing that kind of stuff. Obi-Wan but, Kenobi. Um, yeah. I'm so <laughs> yes. excited. I'm and so I, excited. Like Sarah, I hope that they decide at some point to pick a character that is just completely out of the realm of Skywalker. Just there's there is a massive amount of lore out there that those of us who are Star Wars fans mm-hmm. know about that people have not been introduced to yet. And I would just love for people to have the opportunity to like, like they're, to learn they're about that. extras on like the prequels that have full-fledged stories and like like wh- was it matt uh sarah who was telling me about the what's the guy with the long head um Ki- uh, what Ki- 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 on the jedi council the guy with yeah the jedi council like that like went into this whole thing about how he has like his race was dying so he has like 16 kids or something like that and he's got a bunch of wives yeah and a bunch of wives maybe it was daryl i don't know and um and because all we have to do is talk about you know uh star wars that's all we do in our our spare time but like i think like just like that character who has maybe like 10 lines in the whole prequels has so much lore like there are people that like they bring up in the the Clone Wars and they bring up in Rebels and, and I think they do a really good job with that, but it's just 
they have so much they could do. They could start a whole new story. They don't even have to like pick from the lore that they have. They could literally go Joe Schmo. Here you go. (laughs) And you also brought up the, the park galaxy's edge is like a whole new like planet that they came yeah. up with like yeah they could bring us there in a tv show or movies so that when you wow. go to well, the they already park, brought us there in a movie that. <laughs> wow. it showed up in because it was batu so it actually showed up in rogue one i think <laughs> or it showed up yeah it, it showed up in one of the star wars movies i don't remember which okay. one but it's no, like i that, think we were yeah, that's the thing. i think it was yeah maybe no i'm questioning <laughs> It was either that know. one, Solo, or Rise of Skywalker. It showed up Maybe in one it was of those movies. Solo. I forgot which one. It wasn't The Last Jedi. I know that. No, because I, I would have remembered the name. Yeah. Because <laughs> I watched it today. <laughs> but it's true, though. But yeah, they can do... They have a yeah, lot Star of stuff that they can do at this point. In, it is in Star Wars. I don't know. Eh, no, that's not right. <laughs> oh, well, now we'll never I think know. I just clicked on the same link you did, and I was like, As that's of <laughs> As of 2020, it says, why hasn't Batu appeared in a Star Wars movie? <laughs> oh, really? I thought it did show up in a movie. I'm on the Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure it did. Oh, well, it doesn't matter hmm. which one it showed up in. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think that they're going to do lots more TV stuff because, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and um, uh, WandaVision were both WandaVision. worked really, really well along with The Mandalorian. So I think it's just, like, TV is the way to go. Movies are fun yeah. and all, but it's like, why do a movie where you can have an audience every single week? And make eternity? a movie <laughs> six hours long. You know, exactly. like, yeah. that, and that's why I make. What's up? I'm just saying, we're like in the new golden age of television. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's such a big thing now. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. I, it's, it's excited that they're making new ones too. Like, you know, we got to exist during the prequels and we get to see this new sequels come out and then the anthology series and every film series is going to have hit and misses. And I think that's like the one thing is we, we like glorify film series like Marvel. And we're like, do you remember Thor Dark World? Like that was terrible. (laughs) Like, I, I think, I think Star Wars is allotted to have some bad films and i will give you that like it's it's not all gonna be good and i think we're gonna still have bad movies i don't think we're gonna ever be fully satisfied by a star wars film i think there's always gonna be something that's gonna piss us off and but that's what makes star wars star wars yeah plus there's always something for everybody at the end of the day it's like there's so much now that it's like if you don't like one thing you can find something you do like like, I'm super excited for, like, Bad Batch. That comes out tomorrow. I'm incredibly excited. We're recording on May 3rd. comes out on May 4th. And it's like, yes, please, more animated stuff. Yes, How I did I that. miss that? Yeah, you didn't realize? 16 did episodes. I not mention it today? What is wrong with me? Please like revoke my Star point. Wars nerd card right now. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, slink away into the darkness. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it's like but an hour-long episode, too, so I'm very it excited. It transcends ages, too. Like, I babysat one of my, um, like, mom's friends. I babysat his, she's got a son who's, like, eight or nine. Whooped my ass in Battlefront. <laughs> like, and he knew every character. Like, he knew, like, the backstory. Like, he knows everything. And he's eight years old. Like, I 
was just excited that I knew who Palpatine was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at eight years old. Like, I was like, oh, I get it. Ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> like the subtlety is not so subtle. Like, you know, but I, I think that's what's cool about it. And like you said, it's made for kids, but it, we have something for it too. Like there's still messages throughout ages and time that like even having Leia as an older like female protagonist it's awesome like we got to, like the moment where like Luke comes down in Last Jedi and she's like I know what you're gonna say I changed my hair like that's such a like silly a moment and but it's yeah. such a sibling thing and it just it it just like that's a joke that we get and like the kids probably won't get but like to us like it, there's something for everybody and that's what star wars is is you know it will always be relevant in its own weird way yeah agreed star wars yeah. forever all right <laughs> so on that note i think it's probably time to wrap up because we could probably talk about star wars for ever more episodes <laughs> like this could be a star wars podcast if we wanted it to be um but my name is Gracie, and you can find me at Gracie May with a Y and three E's on anywhere you see fit. Um, I'm pretty active on Twitter. That's where most of my movie opinions are, or Letterboxd if you want to find me if you're, you know, that kind of film person. Uh, Daryl, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Darth Daryl. That's Darth as in Vader, Maul, Sidious, you know, take your pick. Uh, Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L, um, on Twitter. Uh, hmm. that's where I sometimes tweet stuff and most of the time don't uh, but if you want to shout at me that's the perfect place to go and what about you Sarah I am at snotty underscore person on Twitter you can uh, see me sharing this podcast and trying to promote it and for a little more insight into me you can check out my Instagram at snotty dot person and both of those are snotty with an IE not a Y and Caitlin, it's been a great time having you on our podcast, and we look forward to having you on again. We hope you'll come join us again to talk more about movies or maybe Star Wars. Uh, but uh, do you have anything to promote or any where you want people to shout at you and tell you you're wrong? Oh, y'all are welcome to tweet me all day and tell me how much of an idiot I am for picking the Phantom Menace. Um, my Twitter is it's Caitlin Jones, 92 K-A-I-T-L-Y-N Jones, which is pretty normal, and then the number 92 um i don't tweet i used to tweet a whole lot i used to live tweet like so many tv shows and then i was just like this is tiring i'm done but i'll definitely look if you message me something i'm also on letterbox too so if you really want to know my opinions on movies just go look at my ratings oh we're, we're i think we're, we're all, all pretty all on letterbox yeah we're actually all letterbox <laughs> yeah. so yeah there we go i i'm mine... linking that in uh youtube so oh, yeah, yeah. and for those who don't know letterbox <laughs> is a reviewing and social media system for film critics or people who just like to catalog the movies they've seen it's a great way to um say oh i didn't like this movie it's great to say oh i've seen this movie before but i you know gave it a different rating this time around and uh like i think daryl and i watched revenge of the sith together last year and i rated it a two star and then this time i rated it three and a half star because i had a lot of fun watching it but i was like being super critical last year <laughs> i don't know uh but it's a great app and you should definitely check it out um it's letterboxd is l-e-t-t-e-r-b-o-x-d 
and that's uh, the app. Um, but if you want to check us out for the latest movie news, you can check us out at, at the Popcorn Bucket List on Instagram and at TPB underscore podcast on Twitter, or just look us up in the search bar. I mean, I feel like we're at that point where we could do that. And you can also tune in to our YouTube channel if you want to see our beautiful faces and our cameras go out repeatedly. Uh, we upload the video version of the podcast on Fridays after the uh, episode releases on Spotify. But yeah, I look forward to seeing you all next week. And uh, may the force be with us. Yes, may the force be with us all. Thank you, everyone. And also with you. No, no, no. Get out of yes. here. And also with you oh, as a... Live long and prosper. Grace for you. Yeah. No, no. Go away. Be gone. <laughs>